In this episode, we talk with a very talented ultra racer from Austria, Dominik Meyerhofer, who is still very young in terms of ultra cycling, but has achieved some astonishing results. Dominik was the winner of Race Around Austria 1,500 kilometers and reached the podium in a couple of 24-hour races and long-distance events like the Glocknermann Sprint or the Austrian Championships in ultra cycling. Recently, Dominik won first place overall in the 24-hour World Time Trial Championships, which were held as virtual event this year. For me, personally, this is something very special and maybe one of the toughest things you can do in our sport. I will ask Dominic about his future plans and about his goals for the years to come. I know that if you have achieved so many athletic feats at Dominic's young age of 26 years old, you can have a very successful future in ultracycling. I am today's host, Christoph Strasser. Let's roll! Ultra family, welcome to another episode of Roadside with Christoph, which is a special edition of the Ultra Cycling Show, where I talk with amazing athletes from all around the world, just like we are riding together and chatting from our saddles. In this episode, I'll be talking with Dominik Meyerhofer, a very talented ultra rider from Austria. Hi, Dominik. It's nice to have you on the show. How are you? Hi, Christoph. I'm fine. And... I'm very interested in this interview. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm also looking forward. Um, we did some races together in the last years um, and you are really very strong and very fast and I'll be very curious in your stories and uh, also in your future plans. But uh, before we talk about this, um, I will have some sprint round questions for you. Ten questions. They are very short and they will tell some things about you so that the people who watch this episode will get to know you. Okay, so um, as the first question, I would like to tell us, please, uh, who are you in a nutshell? So your name, your age, your job, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so my name is Dominik Meyerhofer. I'm from Austria. Um, I'm living in Salzburg in Kuchel. Um, it's a small town. And yeah, I began cycling with about uh, 15 years. And uh, I'm working in a car dealership. And yeah. Yeah, we can see your workplace in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that you're like talking from your office. Yeah, this is correct. Yeah. yeah. Because. I'm working in the office and after the work, I jump on the bike and go on, on training session. Yeah, that's great. Um, so the next question is about your first ultra racing. So when did you start with the long distance racing and what was your very first ultra racing event? Um, I started ultra cycling with uh, in, in uh, 2016. And the first race was the Rad am Ring in, in Germany. Um, I would say we did everything wrong. <laughs> I lost, I lost seven, uh, seven kilos and 
yeah. And after the race, I said um, it was fun, uh, but I will never do it again. And I think one week later, I was uh, um, on, in, in Hitzendorf in, in uh, Austria for the next 24-hour race. Okay. <laughs> so the disappointment did not last very long. No, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like, like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question is about your bikes. Do you have a bike sponsor? Uh, which is your favorite bike and, and how many, do you know how many bikes you own? Um, bike sponsor so far, I, I, I don't have. Um, but maybe in the future, if my results get better, it, it is possible. Um, I have three different bikes. I have the, the events. It's a special one for the flats. It's a, a time trial bike. Then one uh, specialized tarmac for the, uh, for the uh, climbs and a giant propel. Um, it's a normal cycling uh, bike with the time trial handlebar for the 24-hour races. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, how many hours do you train per week at average? Um, during the weeks where I'm working, um, I have uh, 15 hours of training. Um, and now I'm two to three weeks on a camp, sorry, on training camp at home. There I have about uh, uh, 30 hours. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 30 hours is really a lot. And I'm very interested in your training camp because um, a lot of people do it like on, on, in a sunny place in, in, on <laughs> islands in Spain or somewhere and you do it at home. And uh, we will talk about that later. Um, and talking about training... I would be interested in uh, what do you prefer? What do you like better, the high intensity training or the, the longer, slower endurance rides? Um, normally the, the high intensity because it's, it's really cool to ride fast the bike. Um, but of course, in the beginning of the season, you have to, to ride long endurances to get the, yeah, the, the, the form on the right level. And... Yeah, but I prefer the high intensity. Okay, <laughs> very nice. Um, and when you have the, the training rides and especially the long training rides, uh, what is your motivation? How can you motivate yourself to stay in the saddle for a lot of hours? The most thing we, uh, which is motivates me, um, the, the emotions which I get to, uh, 2019 uh, at the victory in the race across, uh, a race around Austria, with the 1,500 kilometers, this, is, this was really special and this motivates me to, to get this feeling back and yeah, uh, hopefully win more races. But also yeah. during the, uh, the rides, I listen to music and sometimes I'm, uh, yeah, watch, uh, uh, listen to, to podcasts and yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's the same with me. Uh, podcasts and music are my favorite stuff uh, on training rides. Yeah. Um, I think you have already told us about your greatest achievement when you said that the race around Austria 1500 was very special for you. But uh, what is your greatest achievement? Is it race around Austria or maybe something different? Um, I would say the race around Austria was the, the, the biggest race I, I ever won. Um, but also the, the race around Niederösterreich last year, where you got the, the title for Austria. 
uh, I got uh, third. It was really great uh, to stand on the podium next to you. This was a, a special moment. Yeah, great. And um, being successful is very nice. Um, gives a lot of motivation. But I think uh, we all are learning a lot of failure when it's not um, going very well. Uh, what was your most painful failure? What do you think? Um, I think in uh, 2018, I yeah I wrote the the first time the 1,500 kilometers in the race around Austria, um, and we gave up after one uh, after one day, and after that I fell in a like a, in a hole with for my motivation, and yeah it was really tough to get out of it and to motivate me for, for longer distances to, yeah, this, this was one of my, my biggest uh, failure or my painful failure. Did you, did you learn a lot from that? Did you, did you know the reason what was going wrong? Yeah. The, so in first um, uh, I have problems with my stomach, but afterwards I would say I have too much uh, pressure on my own side mm. and so the stomach problem was kind of a, a reaction of the body of this pressure and yeah after that i i started with a little bit of mental training so you can motivate you uh yeah more for this for this long distance race because 24 hour rides you get on the bike and after 24 hours there is the motivation not the the big problem Longer true. distance. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Um, what do you love most about ultra cycling? What is what is the reason for you to do it? Um, the reason is, first of all, I love cycling, um, and <laughs> uh, you you get so, uh, so, so much from the environment. Uh, you see a lot of the the beautiful sites in Austria or other uh, uh, countries. And yeah, and the other thing is that I don't know uh, much people who can ride so long races on the bike and day and night through. And yeah, this, this is the great thing on, on ultra cycling. Yeah, cool thing. Um, and what about your future goals? I mean, you're um, at age 26. So you have a lot of years in front of you and I'm sure you have big goals for the future. What, what is it? Um, yeah, I want to, to uh, race the race across America in, on age uh, 30, so in the next three to four years. Um, and the next years I will try to get the uh, distance of the races uh, a little bit longer. And yeah, and I hope that I'm in three years or four years in, in America. Yeah, that's a great goal. Um, if, I can, if I can help you or give you some tips, uh, don't, uh, don't worry, just, just ask me. Uh, Race Across America is really a great thing to, to train for and a great experience when you ride it. Um, yeah, but it's definitely uh, a lot of work to get there, yeah. but I'm sure you can do it. Definitely. Yeah, I think every alpine skier wants to race the Hanenkamp Rennen and every ultra cyclist wants to race the, the race across America. It's, it's the, the toughest, longest and yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, 
I would like to show some of your pictures because uh, you sent me um, some, some great photos. And um, we can see here uh, some pictures from you in the, in the 24 hour races in Austria. Um, and then of course the race around Austria 1500, which is uh, in race around Austria, there are three different categories. There is the race around Austria challenge. This is the, the smaller one, the shorter one with about 560 kilometers. Then the race around Austria 1500 kilometers and the race around Austria extreme is 2200 kilometers long. So maybe this is something you will do in the future, but you have done the, the race around Austria 1,500 several times. And one time you could take the win, which is, which is very special and a very great achievement. Um, you also did the Glocknermain Ultra, which is considered the ultra cycling, um, ultra marathon world championships. Um, a very special race here in Austria. And then of course the race around Niederösterreich um, a few months ago when you had yeah, really a great performance. And as you have already said in the intro, we had that moment uh, being on the podium together. Uh, this was the Austrian championships. You have been on the third place and I could be on the, on the first place. And I'm already looking forward to the next time of race around Niederösterreich, hopefully in May. Um, yeah, will you, will I, you be there again? I, I, want, I, I won't uh, race this uh, in Niederösterreich. I will be in Italy in May. In the race across Italy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there are also some pictures of your latest achievement, which for me is really very special because I have done 24 hours on an indoor trainer two times. Um, but just one time for training at one time for charity. And it's one of the toughest things I can imagine. Um, <laughs> and you did the, the world championships, which usually takes place in Borrego Springs, but because of the pandemic this time it was held virtual. And yeah. Um, what were your feelings in, in that, in that moment when you did, uh, the the feelings were were mixed <laughs> yeah. the, the good thing is that in uh in march 2019 uh, where the first uh, lockdown in austria was my colleague uh, andy and i did a training ride in, on swift for 24 hours and so i knew how the feelings on the bike uh, are um, and mm -hmm. This time I knew I have to be a little bit slower on the first hours because on the home trainer, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's mentally uh, far more stronger than, than uh, outside. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah. but, but for everybody who wants to know more about you and the 24-hour virtual time trial world championship, there is a special episode of Ultra Cycling Show where you did... Uh, a race report just about that race so um everybody should watch this who wants yeah. to to enter such a race maybe and then we also have some some great pictures here from you in the training yeah so what i would like um to know is about your training because um when I was writing you an email a few days ago and asking you if you have the time to, to join me in the show, um, you said, yes, it's very good because you're doing a training camp. And I was thinking, okay, maybe 
that's a bit of a problem because you're going uh, to Spain or somewhere. But then you said you're doing a training camp at home. So how are you training at the moment? And what is the difference from your everyday training to the um, training camp now? Um, yeah, the, the thing why I'm making the training camp at home is um, because I'm not a, a pro cycling uh, and so I don't I have to do the, the um, quarantine in, in Spain or and when I get back in Austria. So three weeks of uh, uh, vacation um, are two weeks of cycling. So I get lost of one week and at home I can Uh, take three weeks of vacation and can uh, ride the bike for three weeks. So it's better at home. And uh, yeah, with the weather mom, uh, at this time, it's, it's pretty cool because we have 12 degrees. So it's, yeah, it's uh, nearly the temperature in, in Spain. And uh, the day is um, I stand up, uh, I wake up in at eight o'clock. Then I went an hour uh, um, running to get the body wake up. Um, then I'm riding four hours outdoor with the gravel bike or with uh, the, the road bike. Um, then make uh, a short pause. And in the evening, um, in uh, so a core um, um, training for the the back and the neck and uh, sometimes uh, also on the on the home trainer um, for the intervals yeah, for the higher intentions okay so um, it's quite interesting for me that you are also running um, in your training routine are you running um, for the whole year or just now in the training camp because uh, I always get a lot of pain in my muscles when I just go running um, sometimes. Yeah, um, I have to say uh, since uh, January 2020, uh, 21 this year, I had a professional trainer um, with a training plan every week and uh, to get the yeah more out of my body. And uh, I think the last five years, I never got uh, running. And uh, the trainer said, yeah, try it, um, get running, but in a slow tempo. And uh, the first three times, I also got uh, um, uh, pain in my, in my legs. But now it's getting really, really good. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit activating in the morning, the, the body. So yeah. it's, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah definitely. If, if your muscles yeah. uh, are not too painful, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. And I think also for your mind, uh, it's, it's not always the same because when you go for cycling and cycling and cycling every day, um, yeah. sometimes it, it can get boring, especially in the winter when you do some indoor training as well. So yeah. I think running is yeah. definitely a good thing. Uh, yeah. But you live in Salzburg. There are a lot of beautiful mountains. Do you also go on like ski touring in the mountains or, or ski yeah, and, or like cross country skiing yes. um, to, yeah, as you said, to do a different uh, a sport, uh, not always on the bike. It's good for the mind. And uh, the cross country skiing is also good for the, the upper body, for the core. So yeah, 
So also the, the, the back and the neck is, is trained uh, very well, uh, which is very important for the long distance to, yeah, to, to sit comfortable and uh, on the bike. And the whole power from the, from the legs are from the core. So it's, it's is, definitely true. And, and a, lot of, a lot of long distance cyclists have big problems in, the, in their neck or in their, in their back. Um, Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Sherman's neck, when your neck muscles are getting so tired that your head is like hanging down, this is sometimes a big problem in Race Across America when your neck muscles are too exhausted. And yeah. uh, if you have a weak back, you will get um, yeah, pain in your back. And this is also very uh, painful and, and not good. So doing upper body training, especially in the winter time, is, is the best thing you can do. Definitely, yeah. and also uh, I'm I'm not that aggressive on the on the time transition as you, but if the body <laughs> is more trained, you can go down a little bit on the handlebars. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. yeah, changing your position on the on the time trial bike bike is a process over some years. And yeah. for me, it was like I had my first time trial bike in Race Across America uh, seven years ago. And I was being much more upright than now. So I got like a few millimeters down every year without yeah. getting pain. And yeah, it's, it's very good to, to yeah. take it slowly. Um, the, 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 the pictures from last year in Race Around Austria from you, they are really impressive. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this bike, I think you can, you can ride a, a, pel, uh, a time trail in the Tour de France. It's, it's the, the same position. <laughs> yeah, in my case, it's, it is painful sometimes, but not yeah. so bad. So it's, a little pain is okay. But if it's too painful, then of course, uh, your performance will go down. Yeah. But of course, it's not as comfortable as your road bike. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Now you're training very motivated, doing a lot of, of uh, biking and upper body training and running. Um, do you have specific goals for that upcoming season? Because it's a little bit difficult. There is the, the corona thing and, and you, we are not sure if a race is going on. Maybe it's canceled, maybe it's later in the year. Like last year, um, the race around Niederösterreich was moved from May to September. So planning is a bit difficult, but do you have goals for the upcoming season? Um, yes, I hope that it's not that same that last year, um, because it then you have half a year only training and no race, so you don't know how is your shape. Um, but this year I, I wanted to, uh, to ride the race across Italy. Um, it will be one of the first races um, outside from, from Austria. Um, then I will ride the uh, race across Germany uh, from Flensburg, from the north of Germany to Garmisch-Partenkirchen. Um, because um, normally I'm not very good at the flat, um, uh, at flat races. I much more prefer the, the mountains. And the race across it, uh, Germany is really flat. So... I, um, I can train uh, the flat uh, passage um, very well and see how, is, how it is going. Yeah, and, um, and uh, 
let me just tell you one thing if you if you want to go to race across america one day um, you will definitely yeah. need good skills <laughs> in, in the flats that's very important yeah. yeah yeah so i have to to train this because in race across um uh race around austria i had the problem from uh, uh vienna burgenland uh it, it it is so flat and yeah there I'm, I'm really I like it then when you see oh you're in Styria and the first mountains are coming and then yeah. my my motivation is is rising <laughs> but um yeah and I, the, i'm not sure the, how how heavy you are your body weight because because you're quite tall and you're not the, the very lightest guy i think so i think your body is like perfect for flat rides because the, the the best riders in the in the steep mountains are very like small and light white so what about that yeah as i i have uh, 75 73 uh, kilos uh, it depends on the day um and yeah but normally i'm at the short section i'm very good at at time trailing but uh so at the niederösterreich rennen um race Uh, I started with about 280, 300 watts um, because I knew you also are <laughs> pushing about 300 watts. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I have to try it. And yeah, um, but after some hours, I think, uh, I, I, I think I have to do a little bit uh, less. And yeah, but with the, the, the training plan, which I have this year, it's... It's getting the, the curve is getting up and it will be better and better and yeah. Okay, cool. Exactly. Um, uh, so you want to do the race across Italy, the race yeah. across Germany, and what's do you have another uh, goal for the upcoming uh, year? Yeah, um, the 24 hour cup in Austria, which are three 24 hour races um, in Kindorf, Christkirchen, and Hitzendorf. Um, Yeah, so the, I think in kind of it's the, the nationals uh, for this year. Yeah, in that's true. Power, yeah. And yeah. But after the race across uh, Germany, there's only one week to recover. Then is the first 24-hour cup race. And then uh, on the end of uh, July, it's the, the 24-hour nations in, in uh, Christkirchen. Okay. Um, in, let, let me just ask you one thing because... I do not know myself exactly. Um, there is the, the race across Germany and the race around Germany. And yeah. I'm not sure if, if one of these two, or maybe both of them, um, you can like start whenever you want. You just choose a date and then you go. Um, and when you finish, um, the race is done. But uh, it's not like all the riders are starting at the same time. So do you know this, what this was the race around uh, Germany was this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the race, the race across Germany. Uh, across Germany, there are two different uh, distances. Uh, one is about 700 kilometers. It's from the west to the e uh, east, and the 1,100 kilometers, which I will ride, hopefully, if the pandemic is is going well, um, is from the north, from Flensburg to the south to Garmisch Kirchen, and this okay. is um, a I don't know. It's it's uh, in the beginning of July, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah perfect. Um, Do so you know which 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 races you will 
take place this year? Um, yeah, I will. I will do the race around Niederösterreich again yeah. um, because I, I really liked the race and and I was winning it last time. So it's like uh, when I when I'm defending champion, I would really like to do it again. <laughs> and the organization is very good. And then yeah. um, it is depending on the situation. Um, my very big goal, it's like a lifetime goal, is to try to set the 24-hour record to 1,000 kilometers. And for this, I am planning to do it in Colorado because it's on higher alt alt altitude. Um, that will be in September. And like um, two months before, I will do another 24-hour ride um, somewhere here in Austria or in Europe, like as a, as a test and... Yeah, that would be my three big, big races that year. But if something is not, is not working out, maybe I'll do the race around Austria again. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, the extreme one. Yeah, of course. The I really yeah. like the long one. <laughs> um, but I would, I would like to ask you about the 1,500 race around Austria. But before that, um, let's look back on some of your other achievements because your um, first really big result was the Glockenman Sprint. Um, you did that race two times in 2017 and 2018 and both times you have been on the podium. Yeah. Um, so how many kilometers and how much climbing is it? Um, the Glockenman Sprint uh, is about 450 kilometers and uh, With uh, 7,000 uh, altitude meters, so it's it's getting really all the time. It's going up, and it starts in in Graz, where the Glockenmann Ultra also starts, and then you drive uh, uh, up to the the uh, Edelweisspitze on the Großglockner, and uh, the Ultras are getting back to Graz, and you finish on the Edelweisspitze. And of the beginning of the uh, of my, I would say, uh, ultra cycling career, it was a really good uh, race because um, it's not too long, but you can push uh, through a day and a night and get the feeling from from the the uh, the night uh, and the the sleep, which is uh, yeah every every. Um, I should say, every night is difficult for, for your mind. So this was good to, to come in the, the feeling of an ultracycler. Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, one of the perfect ways to get, to get into the sport. It's like a, a learning race. Yeah, it's, um, it's not too long. And yeah, this was, the, uh, I think, a, a really good decision. Yeah, and, and it's, I think it's very special because... Um, It's the finish is on the highest point uh, in in the Austrian mountain. So it's it's the 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 Großglockner is the highest alpine pass. But then the finish is not on the on the on the pass, but on a on a small road which is even higher than the Großglockner. So it's really really very special. This was really hard for me the the first time 2017 because I think yeah. There is the Hochtor, I'm up on the mountain, I'm up on the, the uh, Großglockner, and you get out of the tunnel and see, oh my gosh, there are five or seven uh, <laughs> serpentines up, and yeah, 
I think the the finish is on two thousand five hundred meters about. So it's yeah. it's really high. But yeah. Do you have you been there in training? Because I think from your home city you could ride there with the bike, or is it too far away for a for yeah, a training I, ride? Yeah, I do it. Uh, I think two times. Um, it's about two hundred twenty kilometers uh, from from my home on the Glockner and and back home, but. Uh, I have never saw that, or I've never imagined that the the Edelweisspitzen is so long, and yeah, so I I was really really impressed uh, the first time getting up there. <laughs> and what about the next year? Because in 2019 um, you did the full distance Glockenman. Yeah, it was the first time I I, I rode uh, yeah over 1,000 kilometers. Um, It was it was a good race. Um, the first time with I think two nights, um, but it was really tough um, because you get uh, near near neck. So you get up to the Glockenman, back down, and uh, then you uh, you make you like turn around, you turn, yeah, go back up the same mountain, get back up. It is this was really tough, and. Yeah, we, we were not very, uh, very fast, but uh, we finished it. And yeah, it was a, a solid race, I would say. Yeah, um, I have done the, the Glocknerman myself three times. I did it in 2007, in 2008 and 2010. And for me, it was also my, my very first big win in the race. Um, I can remember uh, I was just before Marco Balo. So Marco Balo was like the superstar for me and he was in second place. I was in first. But in that years, the, the route was different than it is today. So we did uh, Grossglockner and then Felbertauern. Yeah. So we did a loop. We did it two times and then um, back to Graz. And yeah, now we have like to go down the Glockner, you turn it and up. So you are doing it now from, from both sides. And we did it two times from the same side. Um, I don't know if it is more easy or more difficult nowadays, but it definitely is a bit different. But um, for me also, it was a very special race and I learned so much from there for my future. And when I was doing the Glockner I was 25 years old. So I think it's a it's a good age. It, it's a good age. <laughs> you are 26, and uh, yeah, yeah, could be could and be I, I some that, great years in front of you. Yeah, the 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 best thing we have learned at the Glockerman was the uh, how the team works together, because we have uh, we had two cars, uh, a camper and the pace car, and uh, yeah, the. The 24-hour rides or the Glockenman sprints you can do with two or three peoples and the, there is everything working very well. But when you have two cars and uh, about, I think we were five peoples, um, you have to manage the team and uh, everyone has to know what he has to do. And uh, yeah, this was a very good uh, test ride for the team and uh, it, it uh, was very good and they did it very well and the team we started 
in, at the clock remain 1000 kilometers uh, is till now always the, the same. So they know me exactly, I know them exactly. And I think this is also a very important part at ultra cycling that you have a strong team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did experience the same things. Um, it is so important that you have uh, the team, you can trust them and they can trust you. Yeah. And especially when you don't sleep a lot, you get a little bit confused and sometimes you, you become a little bit strange. Um, and especially in that situation, it's so important to have, to have a good crew and to have a good team spirit um, it, because it's important to have fun, to have some jokes and to have a good time. And, and if the crew can make you smile or, or entertain you, it's, it's much easier. Yeah. This is really important, yeah. Yeah, and, and if you, I think that if the team spirit is not good and the people from your crew say like, ah, the race was not fun, I didn't enjoy it, uh, the next time I will not be in your team anymore, and then you will have to, to find new crew members for the next race, it becomes very difficult. So it's like when you have to start with zero, you're, you have to, to do the, the team building all again. Um, And if you can manage your team staying together, it's the whole experience, not only for you, but also for the, for the crew is so important. Yeah. And you can ride uh, the, the, the fastest, uh, or you can be the fastest on the bike, but if when the team is not working very good together with you, then yeah, you will never finish the race. Yeah. And the other thing is, the longer the races get, um, the, the more important becomes the crew. So I think in a 24-hour race or like Glockenmann sprint, the crew is not so important than in the like race around Austria or even race across America. But they always gave me a, a, water, a, a bottle to drink every hour. Um, they gave me the, the Ensure uh, every hour. And I don't have to ask or have to say, yeah, I want this or this. So they have a, an eating plan. And they gave me on the on every time uh, the right uh, food, so I only have to concentrate on cycling. And this is the the greatest part, uh, the greatest part. Um, yeah, you can do on the bike. Only concentrate on riding. Yeah, that's so great. But it's also very important that you, the rider, um, is able to to trust your crew members and to let go. Because if you want to control everything, if you want to make the decision yourself, and if you say, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and I need this and I need that, then it becomes very difficult. So yeah. my experience is that it's very important that, that we, the riders, are only concentrating on riding and the crew makes all the decisions. If you're going to sleep, if you have to eat and drink, this is the job of your crew. You just take it and drink it and go on. Yeah. And you have to trust that they do it very good. And of course. Yeah. And I would say I had the best team <laughs> for, for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. you would not be happy with my crew and, and I would not be happy with your crew, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it had to suit uh, to each yeah. and yeah. 
it has to match to each to each other yes um but that year 2019 i think it was something like your breakthrough year so it was really when i just watch your results and and watch your homepage and and um there is really some some great results um and you did also let's look at the pictures um some successful 24-hour races um but the special thing is um maybe some of our um, viewers do not know that in Austria, a lot of races or all races in 24 hours, they are like drafting races. So it's like a, a marathon. So you're riding in a group, you're riding in the, uh, you're riding together with other riders. So it's, I think the races are a bit faster than yeah. the ultra races where you have to be alone. But they are also sometimes more difficult because if the group goes fast, you have to, to do the same speed than the group because otherwise you are lost and you will get slow. Um, do, you, do you like that races more than the lonely ultra racing or, or do, you, do you prefer the, the real ultra racing where you have um, no people around you? Um, I have to say it's, it's about... But I've, I would say it's um, like... Um, the, the slalom and the downhill. It's two different uh, categories, two different races and I, yeah, I, I like both of them. Um, the cool thing on, on the 24-hour rides where you have the draft is that it's really man-to-man. -man. You, you have the, the other rails around you and most of the time the, the first five, six hours are really fast and the especially in Hitzendorf, there's all uh, uh, uphill section and it's going full gas over it and you have to, to be on the front. So if you, if you uh, once uh, got lost off the draft, you are in the back and will never come back. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that you will ride uh, also on the same track with the 24-hour and 12-hour team riders. And so you have the, pos the, the possibility to get on the draft of these uh, riders. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting to a different, a different part uh, of racing. Yeah, and then it gets really fast. So um, I also yeah. did a lot of these races, um, not in the, in the last three, four, five years, but, but uh, in my early years, I did a lot of these races. And... I also did other training that, that time because uh, when you train for these races, you have to do more sprints and more attacking. And um, because the team racers, the loops of these races are not very long. They are like five kilometers or maybe 10 or 15. But um, the, the fast team racers, they are like exchanging um, after half an hour. So they get full speed and then take a break and the other one comes into the race and goes again full speed. And the, the solar riders are trying to stick with them on their back wheel and, and try to, to not get lost. And this is really tough. Yeah, but I think it's because when, training for when you get future. yeah, because when you get over the, the hills with the, the team uh, riders, then you can recover a little bit in the, uh, in the uh, flat sections because then you have the draft. So it's a little bit of gambling if you can do it 24 hours or you get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in that year, you did 
you were the winner of the 24-hour cup or you have been on the podium and you won uh, that one race in Hitzendorf. Is it true? Yeah, is it, uh, Hitzendorf I won uh, last year, 2020. Okay. But in 2019, I was second at, uh, I think it was Chris Kirchen. Uh, it was the Nationals of, of Austria, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, then... the funny thing is, uh, I think uh, when I was 17, I, I got uh, second at 500 meters uh, time trialing on the Ferdinand Stadion. Really? On the Interpreck? Yeah, yeah, at 500 meters, and several years later, I got second at 24 hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, so the development is very good. <laughs> yeah, it seems you are a collector of Austrian championship uh, podiums. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but then um, I think it was very special. You have been the winner of Race Round Austria 1500 in 2019. And what is very special about that race is uh, it was so exciting close because the second place was just eight minutes behind you. And a few hours before, you have not been in the lead because there was Philipp Keider, another racer from yeah, Austria. He was in the lead, but then he got problems, especially mental problems. Um, and then he had to DNF and you could take the first place after that and then uh, keep the first place to the finish line. But um, did you believe that you can win that race when you've been in second or third position or, or did you just give your best and, and don't even think about the result? Um, I have to say, as a, during a race, I never uh, want to know in which position I am. So I only want to write my, my pace and uh, what I can do. Um, but after the, the Glockner, also which... The, the, I think it's the last two, 250 kilometers. Um, I knew exactly from my training because in this area I, I am at home. And uh, then they said, you are third. And they said, okay, third, yeah. So I know exactly that the, the Dientner Sattel is coming and it's, it is really steep. Um, and yeah, I pushed everything. And up on the Dientner Sattel, I, I, I was also no third. But I knew uh, Philip Kaida is far away. I think he was three hours in front of me. Um, and on the uphill section, suddenly I saw a car on the on the side of the on the street, and uh, I think, well, what is going on? It's Philip's car. Um, and yeah, I saw him lying on the ground and sleeping and. Yeah, I remember I said, hey, Philip, come up and, and get on, on the bike. And yeah, then I was uh, driving down to, to Bischofshofen. And then my, the pace car, or the, the camper was down there on to, to get on the, the time trial bike. And I said, what, what is going on? There was, uh, Christo, uh, there was uh, Philip Kaider, he's first. And they said, yeah, we don't know exactly, but now you are second. And so I got uh, on the, the time trial bike and uh, Andreas, as my colleague, who is also in the pace car, he said, Tommy, normally you are riding 200, 220 watts. So when you ride about 300 watts to the finish, I think you can win this race. And he said, yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's about 200 yeah. kilometers with 300 watts. Okay, yeah, after... 
2000 uh, after uh, over 1000 kilometers in the legs um, and what, yeah what was uh, the gap how much the leader of the race how much was he in front of you how many minutes or how many kilometers um i don't know it, it was over half an hour oh that's that's so a lot we were in we were in uh in Bischofshofen and he was on the pass Lueck in Golling. Um, the good thing is it is my home uh, street as I, I'm training there every day and I knew on this time it was uh, about seven or eight or a.m. as in the morning um, there is always a tailwind so we pushed it out and there were many peoples uh, from us and uh, we are cheering to us and we were so so motivated and it was Yeah, I was from the hair to the top uh, full with adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, um, you get into the beast mode when you know that uh, the people are here motivating you. Um, you can maybe catch the first rider and it's yeah. your home place, you know, all the roads. And uh, I can imagine that, uh, you, that you, can, you can get all the energy which is left in your body. Yeah, so it, I, I, I never felt a pain in this section. So it was only riding and hunting the first uh, as the leader. And um, I never um, overtake him on the road. But the, the good thing was I was starting behind of him. So this was the only thing I, uh, I overtake him virtually eight minutes. Okay, so he, he reached the finish a little bit before you, but uh, you have the won the race. Yeah, he, he thought he won the race because he's the first in the, in the finish. Uh, but then, yeah, it was, yeah, the luck was on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was not <laughs> luck, uh, but, but it was well deserved. It was, it was a great performance. Um, it took you. Um, two days and 15 hours. I've just shown the picture. Um, let's, let's see it again. That was the, the finish line of race around Austria 1500. Um, yeah. And yeah, since that race is a, is a time trial, a solo time trial, uh, in every time trial, there is like uh, different riders on a different start time. And even in the Tour de France, the winner of the time trial does not need to overtake the first one because yeah. there is your start time, your finish time, and then who was the fastest one is the winner. But I think it must be very, very disappointing for the, for the second-placed guy who believed that, that he won the race. And then he found out that he was just second place. Yeah, it, it, is, it was ne uh, not easy for him. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this moment, I, I was really happy about the ra uh, race win. Yeah. <laughs> but the... The, uh, in, in Burgenland, also about, uh, about half the, of the race, not, not exactly, um, I got lost from the pace car on, in day oh. because there was a traffic jam and they said, yeah, you can go and we will come later. Um, but suddenly I, I didn't know where, where I have to go. And I rode with the uh, time trial bike over field uh, roads where normally the, the trackers are, are going. And the, the pace car, the second car from the, uh, from the driver who got second at the race, found me there, uh, picked me up, showed me the, the right uh, direction to back to on the road. 
on the race road. And yeah, so without them, I I will be now always in in in, in Pungland. <laughs> you, would, you would still be on the route now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's just one of the great things in our sport. There is it is very fair, and that's like really fair play when the other rider crew helps you find the the right way again. That's yeah. really great. Um, I'm just thinking of, of one story. If you're interested, I did the race around Ireland, um, I think seven years ago. And it happened to me as well that the, the pace car was stuck in the traffic and I was going on alone. And of course, I forgot the right way. And then I got lost. There was a city, a lot of people, a lot of cars, and I didn't find the right way. And then I was lost. And then I really got afraid what happens to me because I do not have a passport. I don't have a mobile phone. I don't have any money. I did have nothing in my pockets, just one bottle to drink and that's it. And uh, I got so nervous. I didn't know how, what I should do. And then I saw another car of another, it was a four person team in the race. And I asked them, please, can you tell me the way And they said, no, we are sorry. We, are, we, we have also lost our racer. They were just searching their <laughs> racer and I was searching my crew and everybody was completely confused. And then I was sitting down on a, on a bus station and I was thinking, what can I do? Um, and then I began to ask people who were driving the cars or driving on the road. And I was asking them to stop and I was asking them to borrow their mobile phone and then there was exactly one number I knew um, in my mind so I could remember just one number of my girlfriend but my girlfriend was home in Austria and then I was calling my girlfriend um, telling her where I am I just was reading the road signs and and I tried to explain to her where I am and then she called the people in my pace car my crew told them where I am, the name of the street. And then I think two hours later, uh, they found me and then we could go <laughs> on. But yeah, that was, that was really, I was really, um, it was this not fun. These are stories only ultra cycling can write. It. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the funniest thing was afterwards, I rem reminded myself that on my bicycle computer, on my Garmin, I had the route. I just need um, to to go to the route on the on the on the bike computer, and then I would have seen where I need to go. But I was so excited and so stressed, I forgot that I just have to look on the Garmin. That <laughs> that was very very strange. But from that day on, I will always remember that if something happens, that you are going alone and your car stays behind, you always have to take your mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This was also our decision. If there is any problem with the pace car or is, if it's uh, on a, a traffic jam, I, I will get the, the phone. Um, yep. And yeah, and on the phone, there is always uh, the, uh, the Google Maps route from the, from the race. And so you, yeah, hopefully this, this will never <laughs> happen, happen again. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, but back to the race around Austria, how did you do your sleeping tactics? Because uh, in two and a half days, you will definitely have to go to sleep at least once or maybe two or three times. Um, how did you manage it? Did you do 
short power naps or did you stay for a longer sleeping break? Um, I have to say before the race, I um, listened to, to many um, interviews from you and uh, <laughs> documentations only to get the feeling how you can do such long uh, distances with, with the sleep. And uh, we also decided to do the power naps. Um, we trained it at home at, at, at uh, training because when you get too long sleep, uh, it is very tricky to get up and be, yeah, be uh, back on the bike uh, really fast. So it is a short distance. I think it's about 25 to 27 minutes I, I sleep at the power nap. And then they, yeah, in this time they changed my, my bicycle, uh, uh, so my, my, my outfit, my, my shorts and bibs and uh, cleaned the car. And after that, I go on the bike and I think it's about 40 to 50 minutes where it is not very good <laughs> after a power nap on the bike. Um, and on the whole race, I, was, uh, I had three power naps. Um, one about the first was uh, about 28, 29 hours. Um, then in, uh, in stereo one and one after the, the Glockner. Because we went up the Glockner in, uh, I think we were up on the Glockner at 3 a.m. in the night. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem was the, when you go up a, a hill, you are always, your mind is always going uh, very well because your heart rate is, is higher. But when it's then going down in the uphill, uh, downhill sections, your heart rate is, uh, is lower. And so you, your eyes getting really, really tired. And I was on the bike and said, Tommy, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. And the car behind me, the pace car was, uh, was cheering and, uh, with the, with the, I don't know how you call it, the, with the, the hupe, the, uh, <laughs> the horn of the car. The horn, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. With the horn. So I don't fall asleep at the uh, Glockner downhill sections and down in, uh, uh, on, in uh, Verleiten, we get another, uh, the third uh, power nap. Yeah, I think that's that's a good strategy. And uh, when when I do races and, and power naps, I always try to do the power nap uh, before. The best thing is before you go uphill, because uh, maybe if you do the the power nap on the top of the mountain and then you wake up and uh, you're confused and you're tired and um, it's very dangerous because when you do a downhill and you are still very very tired and groggy it's really dangerous that you that you fall down or that you crash but uh, when you wake up and then you have to go up the hill up the mountain then it's it's much easier to get your rhythm again yeah. and then when you're on the top of the hill your heart rate is is a bit higher and then the downhill is easier yeah. um, but, but do you do you plan the the, the uh, where you make a, a pause a power nap or do you make it about if you feel great, then you drive. And uh, if you feel a little bit uh, tired, then you make the, the power nap. Yeah, it is a mixture 
of of um, having a plan and then being flexible to the situation because um if you always make a power nap when you're tired then you will sleep too much so um mm. the first two or three times when you really get tired it's it's better to to just push it through and the, your team is talking to you and they're making jokes and you listen to music just stay awake and, and go on but then um i know for example in race around austria um i will do my power nap after about i don't know the time i think it's after about 30 hours for the first power nap um okay. but maybe it's 28 hours maybe it's 32 that's depending on the situation and also depending on the weather but um in race across america for example it's like the plan is one power nap after about 24 hours one power nap about 36 another one after 48 hours then there are the rocky mountains and then the first longer break after the rockies but sometimes it doesn't work out and then you need to be flexible so it's yeah. always a good mixture is necessary of making a plan but races are never working as you plan it yeah. <laughs> so a plan is good but it's in the end it doesn't help you so much yeah. at the at the clock domain we have the problem uh, we had the problem that uh, we 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 thought that we have to plan the pauses the the power naps and then at the first power nap i was there and i said i, I cannot sleep it's useless so it's It's also a, it's not very easy to get in uh, to get to know how you can plan it or when it's it's perfect for for you to make a a power nap. So I think every race is very good uh, to to have this feeling and you know okay that's the feeling where it's better to take a power nap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and when the races are really getting longer over a lot of days, um, you can. You cannot plan how you're feeling on day seven or day eight. That's really depending on the weather. When it's very hot during the day, you're getting much more tired than when it rains, for example, because the rain is like rain is not is not funny, but it keeps you awake. But when it's just hot and dry, you are like your eyes are going down. You're really completely uh, damaged during the day. So when it's very hot, maybe it's better to have a sleep break during the day. Um, in the in the air conditioned car to cool down a little bit and then mm. maybe um, reduce the sleep in the nights but sleep more during the day but everything is depending on how the race goes yeah um, so you you had that, that great race around Austria in 2019 but uh, one year later um, you didn't make it to the finish line what was happening there Yeah, it it was, I would say, a, a mental problem um, because, yeah, you, I was the last one on the on the start position, um, and all said, yeah, you last, uh, you won it last year. Uh, how will you do it this year? And it was not very easy for me because it was the the first time, and I said to me personally, you have to be faster than the last year because you are uh, one year. Um, older and you trained more and uh, yeah and the team was perfect and the we were I think in in in, in Vienna um, and suddenly I got problems with my 
uh, on a seat bike. Um, it was not very comfortable for me because I changed it on the bike with the position. And yeah, and the, the problem was here. I thought, oh my gosh, I will never uh, bring it to the finish with this, uh, uh, with this pain. And yeah, it was like the one mind goes to the other and it is always negative, negative, negative. And I was in my head, I was very strong uh, to get out of this uh, tunnel. And uh, yeah. It, it was not very easy for me. Um, I said I will never do a race again and uh, this year is, is over for me. And uh, I think I spoke one week uh, uh, after the race, nothing with my parents, with uh, my, my sister, because I said it was not and it is good to make such uh, um, yeah, feelings. And, but I was really, really down. Um, I, I yeah. think I can understand you very well because when you're the defending champion and you had you have been the winner of the race from last year, um, the people are expecting a lot, and especially yourself, you are expecting yeah. a lot. I think this is the the, the big problem, the the self. Yeah. Uh, the self expectation, and then. Um, I was also talking with Philipp Keider um, a few days ago, and he was also saying that um, he was um, quitting the race for Austria two times, and um, two times he had the same problem because he wanted to do it perfect. He wanted to have the perfect race, and when he noticed that it's not going perfect because he, he needs to go to sleep or his, his performance, his watts are going down a little bit, um, he was so disappointed because it was not going perfect. And then his disappointment was leading him to mental problems. And then he quit the race. And um, what I found out is there is never a perfect race. You will never have a perfect race. You, you, you must accept that you will never have the perfect race. And sometimes your power is going down. Sometimes you need to go to sleep a little bit earlier. Sometimes you are feeling bad, but this is, always part of the game so yeah it's always the same problem your own expectations are the problems most of yeah, the time yeah. but in this uh, situation I, I thought it must be really really tough for you because when you're on the start of a race all the people came and said yeah you are the favorite and uh, yeah I think it is it is mentally uh, a, a really good a strength of you that you yeah keep it this yeah um, easy with the situation yeah i've learned to handle it in the last years and uh, i've been in that situation very often and yeah you get used to it but in my first race across america after my first race across america win in 2011 i was winning and in 2012 i had big problems it was the same for me um, on the first day and on the second day it was like terrible I was, I was vomiting, I was sick, I was slowing down, I was suffering from the hot temperatures and I was just in five or six position. Um, but then I recovered a little bit and I got stronger and at the end of the race I was catching the leader again and then we had a head-to-head -head, um, battle and then I was second place in the finish because he was really strong. But yeah, the race across America is so long that you have enough time to recover. 
but in the short race, if you have big problems, then it's the race is not long enough to to do it. it but big, yeah. yeah, but after that, I was learning how to to handle that. Not expect too much. Give your best, but not not make pressure. Yeah. But I uh, think it's it's good to make such experiences uh, for the for the future. Definitely. Yeah. You will have to learn it sooner or later, but someday you will have to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. And It's after the race, to... I was after the race, I was uh, texting to to Philip also uh, because he uh, uh, also get not the, the finish line, and uh, we all same the, the, the or we said the same thing. It's it's the watts. You always say or I have to or are watching to your watts which you are riding on a bike because in the training you ride this and in the race you have to ride this. And when you see you not push at this moment, this what's your mind is saying, yeah, you are not good enough for this. And uh, yeah, and then the race is over. And in the next race, I put away my, my uh, Garmin uh, uh, pedals. Uh, so I ride without uh, what? Uh, uh, without pedals. measurement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just and, with the body feeling and yeah, the heart rate only with the, with, only with the heart rate only with uh, the the speed and the the frequency and yeah it was it was really good uh, because it was the Hitzendorf uh, race and uh, yeah it was a little bit of old school racing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but obviously it was uh, freeing your mind from all that thinking and all that uh, expectations of, of your power output Yeah, it was only the, the feeling of the body when it's getting better. You can push a little bit more and when it's not the good, yeah, okay, then one gear uh, uh, shifting down and yeah, it's, it's not, not that bad at, uh, at the race. Yeah, but yeah, even if the race around Austria, um, the defending champion in one year after your victory was not going that well. Uh, you still had a very strong finish of the season. Um, you have been the winner of the 24-hour race in Hitzendorf. And then um, I will show some pictures now from the race around Niederösterreich, race around Lower Austria. Um, that was great, a great performance. You have been here on the on the starting line. There have been no no people uh, because of the of the corona restrictions but i think all of us were very happy that the race took place and that it was not cancelled yeah um what was the, the toughest part for you because it's not so super long it's it's 600 kilometers which is about 350 miles but it's for that reason it's very fast it's a really fast and challenging race and you don't have you you don't want to make mistakes because if you are making mistakes you don't have enough time to to get back yeah um as the the start was very late um which i i really like because then you have the the night in the beginning of the race um, yeah the start is about about 6 p.m in the in the evening yeah and uh the problem I made uh, was that I I rode uh, or I started to race with a, a short beep uh, with the short uh, <laughs> uh, yeah and short and I, I remember before after the start uh, I saw everyone with uh, long shorts and uh, long uh, t-shirts and uh, you say yeah I think you need the the, the 
Knielinge, also only over the knees. Yeah, um, knee warmers. Because, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, ah, no problem, I, I can do it. And um, I think it was 5 a.m. as the, the next morning. Um, it was really, really cold, about three degrees uh, in, in Niederösterreich. And uh, I had such pain in my knees because they were so cold, um, which uh, had about two, three hours pain uh, in it. And it was not, not really good. Um, yeah, but after some, some uh, massage from my team, uh, uh, it is getting better. And yeah, so and the next time I knew when it's getting cold and all the others knee, knee warmers, you also have to uh, drive with <laughs> knee warmers. <laughs> yeah, but, but most of the riders, they had leg warmers, the long ones. And I think there have only been, I don't know, me and some others or maybe only me i'm not sure but for me the the worst thing is when when i'm feeling too warm i, I hate it when it's too warm so if i have the choice too warm or maybe a little bit cold i always choose the option i i take the um the shirt the short one or maybe the just the knee warmer so maybe it's getting a bit cold but i like it better but um on my on my Garmin bike computer, it was like one degree in the night um, in the in the mountains, and it was really really cold. But um, I stick to my knee warmers until the finish line. <laughs> but in in that picture, we can see that you change to the to the long ones to the leg warmers. When did yeah, you yeah. did you change? Uh, it was in in uh, I think it was Wiener Neustadt. So before uh, I think twenty kilometers before the the mountains up to the Semmering, uh, we changed it because it was so cold there. And yeah, and especially uh, as I have never knew that Austria have a city or a, 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 a village called Kalte Kuchel. <laughs> and I always remembered uh, why it is named Kalte Kuchel, but now I knew because it is so cold there. <laughs> yeah, the translation of that um, yeah. name of the village is like cold kitchen yeah and the name yeah. is for a reason because it's really <laughs> one of the coldest points in in that part of austria yeah, yeah. but i have to say the the race was, was uh pretty good organized and uh the, the speeds are very good there so the first sections are really flat um so it was not easy for me but then on the simmering on the hills uh i yeah, it, it was very fun for me. But I can remember um, I was overtaking you, I'm not sure, after some hours in, in the flat section. And I thought that you were very fast in the flats. But I didn't see you in the mountains. So maybe you're, <laughs> you have been better in the mountains than in the flats. But yeah, I was yeah, always I, watching you. I knew that uh, Philipp Keider, um, who was also in the race around Austria, then... Uh, Robert Müller from Germany, then Manuel Dickbauer from Austria, and you, uh, you are the fastest guys and really have to watch you. And um, I, was, I was happy when, when I could overtake you, of course. Um, and then definitely I was very happy when we've been on the, on the podium of the Austrian championships. But yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure for me to be on the podium with you. It was, yeah, it was 
it was I would say the the highlight of the season because uh, you are the the biggest and the best ultra cyclist and to to stand on the podium with the Austrian flag it was <laughs> it was a great but, feeling. But we also have to add one story because um, Philip Kaider has been second in the overall <laughs> result. Yeah. But then when we watched the picture, um, he is not there on the podium and. Do you know yeah, the I reason think, of this? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you have to uh, uh, register uh, separately for the Austrians. And I think he, uh, uh, he didn't do it. Uh, didn't, did it didn't do it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> he forgot he was doing the registration for the race, but not for the Austrian championships. So like the third place rider from Germany... Of course, he is from Germany, not from Austria, so he's not in the Austrian championships, but, but Philipp just forgot to register. So uh, that was good for you. <laughs> you so went. In the, at the overall uh, classification, I was uh, fifth. And so True. because uh, uh, the German rider Müller, I think, uh, uh, so he is out of the Austrian nationals. And Philipp, yeah, I think he will, uh, this, this failure, uh, he will never do again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, We talked about learning from failure and yeah, he will definitely learn from that one. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah, and then um, your latest result was the, the 24-hour virtual uh, world championships. You have that own episode with Justin Two, the host from the Ultra Cycling Show. So everybody who is interested in this uh, can watch that show. Um, I would like to know what does cycling mean for you? Is it is it a hobby? Is it a lifestyle? Or is it maybe like a dream to do it professionally in the future and, and finding sponsors? Or do you just enjoy the way it is now that you have your job in, in your company and, and cycling is, is the big passion for you? Um, cycling is definitely a big passion of me. Um... Of course, uh, when I uh, had the, the opportunity to get a, a pro, um, I would, I would uh, definitely see, uh, uh, test it for a year or two because when you wake up in the morning and you know you have to train the whole day and uh, it is, I would say, a little bit easier to, to manage the, the, the training. Um, but I also like it uh, when I can go to work and I, I love my work um, and uh, yeah it's it's not every day easy to go after the the, uh, the work on the bike but it's also good for me because when the work is really heavy or stressful I jump on the bike and uh, make yeah a little pause in my mind say okay it's now I'm on the bike and can relax a little bit so this yeah i i like it so uh uh with the training and the work yeah i think that's that's a good attitude um i'm doing it professionally for for some years now for for many years but um we've been talking about pressure and expectations and of course if you have more sponsors you have more pressure you have more expectations um it becomes tricky And um, I really enjoy it, but it's, it's, not, it's not as easy as many people think because 
um, sponsors are, are giving money to me so I can do like race across America and, and all the races, they are expensive and you need a lot of, of budget. But for my everyday life, I still need to earn money. So I have my online shop. I am doing, I'm, I am doing speeches and presentations and um, seminars and that stuff. So I still have to work, but I'm very flexible. So training is priority number one. Um, yeah, but it's uh, being a, a professional in ultra cycling is not so easy. Um, so I think yeah. I also have to work it's, a lot. It's not like training. it's not like playing football where you uh, yeah earn a lot of money and uh, you have a, a, a good life. So I think you you train uh, the most of us, uh, the the hardest of us, and yeah, only so you can achieve this this uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and what I did, I'm, I was very patient for many years and I was, I was doing the training for years and years and years. And this is the real um, important thing because some riders think that they train hard and after two or three years, they want to be like the perfect athlete, but it takes just much more time. And this is what I would like to, to tell everybody that it, it takes some time. It takes some, some years to really get get your fitness level and your your mental um state of mind to yeah to be good in in the ultra distance races so you have told us your big plan for the future is doing ram in a few years um do you have other like long-term goals um between now and between ram um yeah i wanted uh, to write the the race across a uh, race around austria But the the uh, the long version with the 2,200 kilometers, um, maybe we can ride it next year. Um, it was a little bit problem because my parents said, "Yeah, you're not uh, on that age; you can ride it, and uh, you have to finish other races before, um, so you can show us that you are in this uh, yeah in this uh, shape." you can this uh, can finish such a race because uh, it is uh, not easy for your body not easy for the mind and uh, also for the team um, they have uh, to go on vacation from the work uh, they spend three to four days in a small car and uh, yeah so When I'm riding the, the race around Austria, the, the, the big one, uh, I, I should be in this shape that I can finish it. And when I want to finish a race, I want to be one of the guys. So I don't want to ride in the back of the field. So it's, yeah, it's because I'm a race driver. So I always want to be one of the fastest. And yeah, <laughs> I think this that's, is, that's a good motivation. It, it, Yeah, it is uh, mostly it is uh, a good motivation, but often it is not easy. If we said it before, with the self uh, expectations. Uh, yeah, but but I, a race I, is a race. I also like being competitive, and the competition is really motivating me. And yeah, a race is a race, and that's the difference. When you go for a training ride, you could do it in your own speed, but when you're in a race, you also want to be on the on the top of the result list, definitely. Yeah. Um, a question, Christoph. Um, how do you plan your your race across America? Um, I saw it that you go about two or three weeks uh, earlier of the race to America. 
um, how is the or your perfect way to to uh, to organize the RAM? Um, yeah, the perfect way is, I think, some some racers are doing the organization stuff with the crew or maybe one of the crew, the crew chief is, is doing all the, the flights and the, the tickets and the hotel and, and the, the rental cars and everything. But I'm a bit different there because I'm doing like it professionally. So I think it's my job to do the, um, to do all that work before because my crew, they are taking 14 days of their holiday from their job. Um, they are like giving 14 days of their time to me and to, to my to my goal. So I'm doing all the work before. Um, but then, of course, I go to um, to California two and a half week before the start of the race. Um, one of my crew is coming with me. And then we get one rental car and then we drive out to the desert for, for training because when you do heat training in the winter, I've seen pictures of riders doing in the sauna, uh, training rides in the in the in the in the sauna. But I think that's not that doesn't make sense. It 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 is good for pictures. The photographer will be happy when he can when he can make pictures <laughs> of you training in the sauna. But it doesn't make any sense for a heat acclim acclimatization. So, because the effect of getting used to the heat only lasts for a few weeks. So you you need to do it before the race and not a few months before yeah and then going there everything is there is nothing to think about nothing to work everything is done you're just there for two weeks waiting for your other crew to to come there and getting used to the heat doing test rides with your two or three different bikes and and test the setup and uh, we are always cooking, not going to a restaurant because you never know. Maybe you get food which is not perfect. So cooking on our own is is the perfect way to get to get good nutrition. Yeah, and what I found out the perfect state of mind before the race across America is when there is no doubt and and no question in your body uh, in your in your head. So you really need to calm down. Um, everything is clear. You really can focus on just on just riding the bike. That's that's one of the most important things because when you think of your job and you're working and you have still have some emails to write and you have like you have been discussing with other friends or maybe with a girlfriend with your wife and and you have so many questions in your head. This is this can be a problem after a lot of a lot of sleepless nights and when you get tired you start to think about all your life. So you really must to be yeah, completely clear in your head before the race, uh, before the race starts. Okay, so to be the the best thing is to be on positive mind, and uh, before you get to America, everything has to organized. Yes, true. And, and get um, there and, and and ride the bike. And one important thing is sometimes all of us, you and me and everybody, is a little bit proud, and sometimes it's a little bit difficult to ask people for help. Because you're training, you're organizing, um, you're talking to sponsors and you do, did so many things on your own. And sometimes it's just a little bit embarrassing that you ask somebody for help to go to your crew or, or to, your, to your wife and girlfriend or parents and say, it's too much for me, please help me. Um, yeah. But this is so important. But 
some some people they are not able to tell another one please help me it's too much for me but none of us is strong all the time sometimes you are weak sometimes you have it's too much for you and then you need people you ask for help this is also very important when it's too much for you then you cannot be so uh, effective in your training and it's also not very good then for the race that's true yeah so i'm i'm really interested when i'm there in hopefully three to four years how it's going so it, it's uh, the, the the thinking on eight days to 12 days on the bike it's yeah <laughs> i only can smile about it <laughs> yeah that's that's a very good thing when you smile about uh yeah. your your future thing in, in race across america um yeah i wish you all the best for your um competitions in that season And for your training, for the, the, the upcoming days in your home training camp. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see you in, in another race, maybe. Um, riding with you and, and competing with you. Um, yeah, and I will, I will be very happy to help you. If you have any questions, just, just write me a message or an email or something. And yeah, looking forward to see you again. Yeah, thank you, Christoph. Um... I had really, really good fun today, and uh, yeah, maybe we can we can ride this year together in a race or uh, competitive in a race. And yeah, thank you. Have a good day, and uh, yeah, see you. Goodbye. See you. Good.